Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. All right, you guys are going to want to mute your microphones for this. It's not easy being green, but Pickle Curtis had a dream. He makes the knives, he sells the knives, and then goes snowboarding. I have a pickle, I have a cutters, uh, pickle cutters. I have a knife, I have a maker, knife uh, maker. Pickle cutters, knife maker, uh, pickle cutters, knife maker. On this episode of the Work For It podcast, we're going to be discussing mental health. That's right, baby. Let's get going. Let's do it, Brian. <laughs> I warned you. I oh warned you. What the fuck was that? That's Luke Johnson from Crafty Man Forge. That's his welcome to you to the podcast, Pickle Cutters. Oh, thank you, You've Luke. You've been indoctrinated. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. This show continues to morph even more so oh. into a Muppet-like state every episode. Yeah, you could call me Grover from now on. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. You yeah, gotta love Luke. He has these moments of where he, I think what happens is, have you seen those movies where like people's eyes roll into the back of their head and they start talking weird and they start saying things and then they pop out of it and all they're like, I don't know what happened. Yep, yep. I'm pretty sure he hits the record <laughs> button right before that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that was Luke, great. we love you and appreciate you. I Hell hope yeah. you know that. Definitely. So anyways, Ooh. I, I got to tell you <laughs> that I'm having an absolute blast smashing steel, working with the Apollo Forge, creating these big ashtrays, and we've moved into making hot stamps. So, and which I didn't think I was ever going to get into, but, you know, we started going to all these companies like we needed hot stamps we were running these hammers with ryan over at gnome hammer forge and you know two three day response time just on emails and then oh yeah we'll have it for you and that's going to be 200 dollars a piece we need 400 we need four of them so it's going to be four to eight hundred dollars per and you know all this stuff and i'm going don't we have a laser can't we do this ourselves like what's going on we start researching it. Turns out we can do it. We made a few. They took forever because we didn't know what we were doing. And then, of course, in a beautiful concert of DIY, beautiful community comes down, lays all their knowledge right onto me saying, Brian, I've got the answer for you. I have the same laser you have. Let me show you the way. There it is. I've got multiple people that have reached out to me saying, I do this all the time. I make hot stamps. And this is how I do it. So now we've sped up the process. And of course, everybody and their brother wants one now. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> How long but, does that laser take to etch something that deep? Well, the initial ones were taking like eight hours. They were taking way too long. It was like five to eight hours. And then yeah. we got it down to an hour now. So it's um, pretty dialed in, I would say. It depends on how deep you want to go. But like... I made one yesterday in an hour that was an eighth of an inch deep. Oh, okay. I mean, so, that's huh. one of the things good. on my hot stamp that I wish would be different is I wish it was deeper. I don't know that mine's a full eighth deep. So an eighth might just be good enough. Yeah. What we discovered was if you're going to press it into something, you need the depth. You need yeah. like eighth inch or more. But if you're going to just use a hammer – an eighth inch or less, like even a little bit less than an eighth inch is fine because it's not going to sink in as far. But yeah. um, what I also like about going an eighth inch is that you've, as the stamp wears, you've got all that steel underneath it. So, you know, it could mushroom out, you could sandblast it, and then just keep using it, you know. So 
and I've destroyed a couple of them already. So it's it's like <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of destruction testing going on. But <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about making them now. Get this: if I can do this, and if I could get tooled up to do it, I'm thinking about making them out of H13 steel, okay. and then just heat treating them in the shop because that's the, the best. You know, H13 or S7 would be great too. But uh, from what I've understood is people make them out of 4140 which i've done and they work fine too it's just been fun to create things like that that i can now stamp into hot steel because i've always wanted to do that and it always seemed like a restrictive process to me you know because of number one the cost and the time and here's the other thing you pay somebody to create one of these hot stamps and what if you don't like it you paid (laughs) all that money you know 200 like, for instance, a three-quarter inch hot stamp that was very simple was $200 shipped to me. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Mm. That's a lot of money. And what if you don't like it? You so, know, that kind of really reconfirms that I got an absolute crazy deal on my hot stamp. It was, did you get it in the U.S. or did you go, go no. outside of the U.S.? Okay, so that's the it difference. Was, well, correct. And also, it was literally a Facebook ad. I don't know if, you know, one of those where (laughs) Facebook is listening to me and all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking about wanting a hot stamp and all of a sudden an ad comes by for a hot stamp of all things. And I mess, I message it, it, and they, you know, took care of me and they said, you got to send me 50 bucks. I sent the 50 bucks. And, um, after I was like, oh, well, you know, tell me about your company. I'm starting up Beacon Knives and I, would, you know, I'm getting into this and tell me about you guys. I'd love to, you know, shout you guys out. And they basically said, yeah, we're um, whatever they whatever their name is. I can't even find them anymore. I can't even find the the message and response on Instagram on Facebook. But they said that they're from Pakistan. I was like, mm, uh oh, yeah. I sent yeah. 50 bucks away. <laughs> and then I think it was two weeks later, it showed up on the front doorstep, and it's been the one I've used ever since. So, sure. There you go. I'd gotten mine off of Etsy, and that actually came out of Russia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of them are coming out of Eastern Europe. Yeah. And I paid like $80 Canadian for it, which is not that bad. No, it's not that bad. Yeah. I 100% mm-hmm. agree. So, like, but the all the United States folks doing it, I think yeah. they just price them that way because they don't want to do them. Yeah. And they so know that there's price. all these other, yeah. And all these other customers or companies out in these co- countries that can do it for cheaper are doing it. And they're like, you know what? Just quote them, whatever. And, you know, get rid of them kind of thing. Cause I'm like, damn, $200 for a, that little piece of steel. That's took an hour to make. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It just seemed really high, but. Well, if so we're going to try to make it more obtainable for people. Yeah, If someone were to come to you and want one, how much would you be charging? Honestly, I don't know yet because I'm waiting on the pricing for the steel and stuff. It definitely wouldn't be $200. <laughs> I mean, it would probably be somewhere around 100 125 bucks shipped, something like that. See, the you thing know, is, too, is you got to keep – If you start doing something like that, you got to keep a variety of steel on inventory, too. You know what I'm yes. saying? Some, yes. Some punches will be bigger and smaller, and some will be rectangular and this and that. So, yep. you know, like you got to think about that too. So, that's... I've got uh, my steel guide quoting me out on like half inch, three quarter, one inch, one and a half, two inch H13 Jeez. sticks. So, like, I'll have all of it on hand. Yeah, to do it. Nice. But I don't know. I mean, it couldn't, It maybe it's not a very viable business option. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason why they're so expensive in the U.S. But I just, yeah. you know, I think from an, you know, Sarah likes doing the artwork so she can convert people's hot stamp art, you know, like their logos over to something that's actually usable, usable yeah. you know, for a hot stamp. Because a lot of people have these very intricate designs. You kind of have to play it down a little bit, but she's good at it and she can do it. So, yeah. yeah. And then we're, we were stamping those ashtrays and I'm learning a lot about that process of what does it look like to try to do two hot stamps, one on one side, one on the other and without screwing up the other side. And it, believe it or not, even though that steel is so thick, it screws it up if you, if you don't do it right. So, but good times, good times. And I sold my first ashtray. Nice. Like I was going to ask. I then. literally just was about to ask you, did you sell that ashtray yet? <laughs> it, it was up for maybe like five hours and it sold. And in my DMs, 
Donald Trump Jr. wanted to buy it. He sent me a message <laughs> saying he wanted it. And uh, I'm like, sorry, man, it's already sold. He's like, okay, well, let me know when more come come available. So mm. he's like, okay. Cool. Wow. <laughs> That's fucking nice. All right. I don't know anything about Donald Trump Jr. I just know about his dad. But, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool, right? And it was I really mean- him. Yeah. I'd rather his son than Biden's son, my opinion, but we won't get into politics. But... <laughs> <laughs> let's well, let's talk about Justin Trudeau for a minute, Pickle. Let's dude, get into it. I, I'll throw that ashtray at his <laughs> I'm head. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> so, Brian, Anyways. I've been seeing in the last couple of days you've been uh, posting about foraging with Dex. That's got to be fun. Yeah, well, last night he came by, the or he works at the shop, so then last night we were in the shop working, waiting for a package because he um, needed some parts for his car. And the FedEx guy, get this, imagine this, the FedEx truck never showed up, even though it was out for delivery all day. FedEx never arrived. Um, I mean, it's just so unlike them. FedEx is so reliable. But um, (laughs) they, uh, so anyway, we're sitting there waiting and I'm like, hey man, I got all these billets. Let's like... Let's like hammer some shit out. And he was like, cool. So we ended up forging last night until like almost 930 or 10 o'clock. It was great. We had a blast. Nice. So, yeah. Some quality father and son time. Dude, no joke. I mean, it's like those little happenstance moments you get with your kids, you know, especially since we work together. It's like, you know, we're always like we're together, but it's not the same. You know, you're working. And then everybody leaves. We punch out. You know, we're standing there, you know, kind of like waiting. And it's like, you know what? Why why don't we do something? Let's fire the forge. And, um, man, it turned into a five-hour forging session. You know, so it was just fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we have these conversations over time. Every time we're working together, you know, when he was younger, it was hard to work with him because he took a lot of things things personally and i might have been a little bit tougher on him than i should have been and i since lightened up a little bit and became a little bit more you know friendly and not as directive type of dad and um now i get these like moments these hours with him which i know are so precious you know that we would be able to do this work together but they just happen and you have to be willing to like see them recognize them and then do it with your kids because you know, he's going to be leaving. He's going to uh, go into basic in a few months and then he'll be gone for four years, you know, so it'll be my life will be completely different without him around all the time. So, um, hey, I'll, anyways, I'll be more than happy short, to it's, it's move down there for four years if you need <laughs> <laughs> make your life better. Hey, we, we ain't got no snow and we ain't got no mountains, but yeah. I don't know if you'd survive too long. Down there. I'll make my own snow. Fuck it. <laughs> hey. You can always go to Miami. There's lots of snow over there. If you know <laughs> yeah, and no, I put away my no skis a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, guys, how you doing? You guys having a great uh, working week so far? Oh hell yeah, definitely for sure. Go for it. I'm tell us all about it, Pickle. Dude, I'm putting out stuff that's blowing my own mind right now, like the sandal material, my steel, the etches, everything. Uh, you know, just everything's going good so far. I'm a little over halfway through this batch, like complete. So uh, I'm working on that. I'm just getting through that. I'm the last batch. Last end of the batch is mono steel. It's all AEBL. So it's a little bit more boring compared to other things, but I compensate with the handles, if you want to say. So uh, we're going going on and forward with that this week. But o- nice. other than that, it's going good. I can't complain. The raffle awesome. is the raffle's going well. The raffle is the raffle is I, I I hate to bring up the raffle in the podcast because it's not a raffle advertisement podcast, but yeah, the raffle is uh I've been finding lately that raffles are been they've been struggling. Yeah. Let me let me tell you something. Here here's uh, I'm going to give everybody a some a piece of advice. I was hoping you'd have that. Okay. So in October, we have noticed a severe decline in sales. And I've got a couple of theories. One is, you know, impending doom, World War Three, yeah. lots of terrorism, things like that. The focus has not been so much on people making things and buying things. And, you know, commerce has not been top priority. 
Also, if you look historically at my numbers, in fact, October is usually a slow month because everyone is saving their money for Black Friday. The holidays are coming up and people are doing a better job now of pre-planning for that. So they stop spending money around October. Mm This is not just unique to me. This is like I'm in these entrepreneurial uh, forums where a lot of us talk about, you know, the e-com and all of this. This is a common thing. So it's not only just the hammock in, you know, the summertime, it, it falls, albeit that October's not as bad as the, you know, June, July and August, but it's it can get bad. So just be aware of that. It, that's probably all this is, and I would use this time and energy to focus on continuously making things and making content. If you haven't noticed, I have been making a lot of very good quality content mm-hmm. because I'm ramping up. I'm going to be releasing three new products this year at the end of the year in Q4, and those products need marketing. They need to be ramped up. And so I'm, I'm not taping up boxes and I'm, you know, uh, Brent and Dexter and Kaylee and Sarah all have their, you know, they don't, they're not as busy as they usually are. So they're not asking me to be over there helping. So I'm in my studio and I'm creating good content. And what that's going to do is I see that good content as a bank of marketing that I can pull from at any time throughout the holiday season trust me when i tell you 23 is going to be just as big as 22 and 21 you're going to continue on it'll be fine however you're going to see these lulls and these slumps and you got to get creative and you got to go out and just push content and create valuable content too not just bullshit i see a lot of these guys just holding shit up in front of a camera and turning it around and you know what it gets fucking old. Swipe, swipe, swipe. You, you gotta like bring something to the table. No comment. <laughs> pickle, pickle. God damn it. Pickle, pickle, shit pickle. You guys ever see shit pickle? I dare you to YouTube, what? YouTube shit pickle. No, don't Google it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's something I'm not. Gonna no, do it, there, it, it, there's no like physical, actual like like feces like. Fickle matter or anything like that. It's just, <laughs> it's just an annoying pickle as a cartoon. Oh my! Standing God. on the side of the road next to two people conversating, and they're trying to talk, and all he keeps on saying is "shit pickle, shit pickle, shit pickle, shit pickle." And then in between uh, that, there's sounds like yeah, but in between that, there's other shit human. going on too. Like there's there's a family of monkeys and monkey cheese and all kinds of stuff. I don't know. It's just wild. It's, 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 I don't know. That's what happens when I get bored and I YouTube pickles. Yeah. I'm sure everybody, whenever there's anything pickle related, they send it to uh, you dude, so you know just about everything. I get flooded with pickle content on the daily. You don't even know. People send me posts that I posted about pickles. They'll hmm. send me my own post thinking they're like sending me something funny, but I actually posted that one, bud. <laughs> I feel like I've done that a couple uh, times. Everybody has. Everybody. <laughs> Seriously, like there's no doubt. I'm guilty of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's cool, though. I don't mind at all because there's some great shit out there that is like pickle related and there's like all kinds of stuff. Mm. There's recipes. There's events. There's there's toys. Like I've been getting a lot of uh, the emotional support pickle like knitted doll thing people have been sending me lately. <laughs> it's, it's like, what the fuck? Huh. <laughs> and I'm actually like, as much as I love pickles, I have a stress pickle in my hands right now, dude. It's like, you know, those stress balls, yep. but it's a pickle. It's like, got, it's got the <laughs> sand in it and all that. And it's all mushy and all that. And I, and I use it for my hands at the computer and I, I squeeze sure. my hands and it feels good. So quit. Tickling your pickle. I'm squishing my pickle. <laughs> pickle. Brian, what do you got going on in the workshop? What are you doing this week? It's been a crazy week, dude. So I finished up a couple knives. I've done a couple custom handle fits. So it's been kind of nice having some uh, company in the shop to. Can Can I interrupt you just for one second and let you? <laughs> that, I want that was you to quick. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but that that freaking big ass like cleaver i don't even know what to call it it's got a like a like a the spine has got a curve to it yeah is friggin amazing that, nice. that design is off the charts cool it's like cavemanish right, looking it yeah. is 
Yeah, and the original, so that was a local customer. It's actually somebody that Kyle, my video guy, uh, works with. It's um, He just came into the shop. He originally wanted a Serbian cleaver, mm. and I walked him off of that yeah. edge. <laughs> but, um, you know, not nothing, you know, everybody wants their things, but if someone says Serbian cleaver, I, I kind of, hey, let's, let's look at, let's play with that design, you know? What are you trying so, to say, Brian? Is that trend played out or, or uh, what? Uh, you know, that was a huge thing a couple years ago, and I'm glad I missed can it. I, can I say something takes, about the takes. Serbian cleavers having made at least 100 of those? <laughs> sure. Is it, The trend is not dead. People still want them. It's the makers that are sick of them. And, that's, and that Serbian <laughs> cleaver is like if you talk to like a Serb chef, he doesn't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, it's called. A yeah, it's well, it's not. It's nothing. Not, or do they not even? Yeah, know it's not about it. like it's that. Design and everything is name. not a traditional like Serbian chef knife or anything of any kind. It's like it, if it, you go to Russia and you order a white Russian, they don't know what the fuck. Yeah, you're about. yeah, <laughs> kinda. Yeah, yeah, that would be good right yeah. now. <laughs> that wouldn't. Use. But anyway, so. So I finished that one up and a couple other ones, and um, you know it's been a really good productive week in the shop. Um, it was really kind of crazy. A couple, what was it? Was it yesterday or the day before? I was down by the Chippewa River getting some nice yeah. autumn photos. I took that big cleaver with me, and I was I was literally on the river, you know, taking pictures with the nice leaves in the background. It's really pretty, yada yada. And I just hear like a crack behind me. And I'm thinking, oh, well, there's a squirrel, whatever. And then I hear, like, a couple more cracks, and it's getting a little closer. And, you know, I rode my bike there, and I've got the front basket full of knives. And I'm thinking, some little fucker is sneaking up, and he is going to steal my bike or steal all those knives. And, you know, what am I going to do? So it just so happens I have the biggest and most badass one in my hands. So I slowly turn around thinking I'm going to have to chase somebody off. I'm going to have to, you know, you know, get a little amped up, I guess. And I slowly turned around and there's this little precious doe, maybe 25 yards or 25 feet from me. And I'm just like, holy shit. What? I mean, where I come from, deer are so skittish, you know, you couldn't get it's if it's on the other side of a field, it's running in the opposite direction, you know, that type of a thing. So here in town, they're obviously damn near pets. And so I turn around and I take a couple, you know, slow steps forward and it keeps walking towards me. And Hmm. I I swear that thing got within like 10, 15 feet of me. If I had an apple in my hand or a carrot or something like that, it would have came up and ate right out of my hands. And, you know, I had my phone in my hand. I had the knife in my hand. So I... I take a little bit of content, you know, like take a picture with the deer in the background and then take a little video and turn that into a little bit of content. But it was really like a crazy peaceful moment oh, with this, you know, I mean, it's a deer. I mean, like I said, where I grew up, we go out and hunt them and, you know, it's, it's, you know, something you don't get to see that close very often. So that was, that was kind of a nice little moment this week for sure. I saw the pictures on Facebook, and I was like, man, that is close. Normally, especially around this time of year, yeah, they get pretty skittish because we're coming up on hunting season it now. Is here, and yeah. it, yeah, it's nuts. That, that was cool, man. Yeah, that I've had a few cool. interactions with wildlife like that <laughs> when I lived up in the Midwest. And, Dude. Uh, they were delicious once I <laughs> murdered that. You have interaction <laughs> with wildlife down in Florida like crazy. Like, I couldn't. I, I it blew my mind that one morning at four o'clock when you're screaming at a bear outside, right in your fucking driveway <laughs> with the dog going off like burr, burr, burr. and then all the like yeah. wild hair, like the wild rabbit just running around the yard too. And I was like, What the fuck's going on here? Like I yeah. have to walk miles in the woods to come across shit like that here and I live in the middle of the woods. Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's just no yeah, there's we've destroyed, destroyed the habitat here. So it it's all urban. So the bears just that bear oh, was huge dude, too. That had to be like a three, four hundred pounder. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. Was and it a black bear? It's a black bear. Yeah. Yeah, black bear. Yeah, they're gentle. I mean they I mean, you wouldn't want to get into a tear up with one of them, but they they're more skittish than anything. I scared one up a tree one morning. I was running <laughs> and I hear this like massive like rustling. There's a video of it on 
my Instagram, I think somewhere. And I'll, I, this oak tree just starts shaking and I'm like, what the frick is that? And it's like dusk, right? Cause you know, you can't really see all that great. And then I shine my flashlight up and it, a bear is, I had spooked it and it just decided to ascend this tree and it was like, like hanging on, you know, kind of like, don't hurt me. I'm up here. You know, I'm like, I'm like, man, buddy, it's all right. I'm just running by. I'm sorry. Like, Yogi, you. is that and he's you? He's probably just, yeah. Hey, Yogi, you going to get some picnic baskets? Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Uh, <laughs> hey, boo-boo. That's it. Hey, boo-boo. So, yeah, no, we got black bear and we have a lot of rabbit here. Yeah. And Florida definitely does have some really amazing wildlife if, we have a lot of green space. I say that we've destroyed the habitat here, but it's mostly towards the coasts. If you drive even like 10 miles inland, you know, it's all green yeah. and beautiful and, you know, swampy and stuff. So, yeah, it's it really changes. Great, great it literally changes. Scene, like so. when I every time I've been down and like for a blade show and we drive up to Atlanta, like, you know, from, you know, Florida's long and it's a long drive out from where you are. And uh, there's just so many scenery changes on your way up florida like it's not the same down south as it is up north like up north looks like here oh, yeah you know it's just a bunch of trees and greenery and you know it's not the ocean and disneyland unless you're going to disneyland but yeah it's a it's a pretty nice place mm. if there was snow i would consider moving there it's very hot yeah. here. I'm I'm still like I'm sitting here and I'm just sweating and I'm like God damn I'm just I'm tired of the heat. But uh, yeah, I you know what are you gonna do? There's no perfect place to live. It's just you gotta put up with something somewhere. You can't you can't have it perfect everywhere you go. Um, hey, real quick, I wanted to kind of uh, bring up something I posted to Instagram yesterday that got quite a big. Um, we got a lot of people talking and I really enjoy that when that happens, when people see something I post, it was the seven Japanese yeah. techniques to overcome laziness. Oh, and, um, I missed that one. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a, it looks like a screenshot of a book and I just took it from someone else's account and reposted it. But, um, I want to go through these real quick. There's four of them or no, there's seven of them in this list, but there's like, there's a, a couple of different things and topics that I'd like to discuss because certain things coincide with some of the rhetoric and things that I talk about all the time, like taking action. And the Japanese have known this for, you know, they've talked about this and they have names for this. So I'm just going to go through them really quick and we can discuss them as we go. But the first one is Ikigai, I think is the name. I-K-I-G-A-I, Ikigai. It means having purpose in your life, the reason you wake up each morning. And there's four rules for this. Number one, do what you love. Number two, do what you're good at. Number three, do what the world needs. That's a big one. And number four, do what you can be paid for. Those four things, if you can find a path of purpose based around those four things, you are going to live a really great life. Do what yeah. you love. Do what you're good at, do what the world needs, and do what you can be paid for. Those are all things that are really super important. Um, number two is Kaizen, uh, K-A-I-Z-E-N, and it means focusing on small improvements every day, trying to become at least 1% better every day. Wow. Now think about that for a second. If every day you became 1% better, in a hundred days, you're a hundred percent better. Yeah, I just blew your mind right now. <laughs> you blew Boom. my pickle, uh, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly think that that's one of the things that if we all focused on just being one percent better every day, we would all live in a better world. Like just that For one sure. rule. Number three, Shoshin. It's a concept from Zen Buddhism, which means approaching things with a beginner mindset. If your mind is empty, it is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. So I think this a lot of times about my products that I bring to market. When I did the Revolution <clears throat> project, 
I approached it like an artist and eventually I became an engineer. I wasn't the other way around. You know, I wanted to build something that I could use to create the things that I wanted to create. It wasn't the other way around. When I see all these other companies making stuff or making machines, I can tell right away, oh, that was made by an engineer. And it's good, but it doesn't do everything I wanted to do because the person who made it doesn't use it. And so that's and that's how I approach the Apollo Forge too. It's like, why doesn't anybody use Firebrick? What is this? Why is that not done commercially? And uh, we blew the minds of a lot of people, and it's become a successful commercial product because of it. I didn't approach it like everybody else with KOO and Satanite and all this other stuff because that was what was cheap and readily available. We did it with Firebrick. Changed, we flipped the script on how you build a forge because I approached it with a beginner's mindset. Number four, Harahachibu, Harahachibu, which means to stop eating after you're 80% full. So you got to remember when you're 80% full, trigger the mind, put the fork down. We, we are, as Americans, we grew up, especially my generation, who had parents who were uh, raised by people who went through the Depression or World War II. We were told, clean your fucking plate, eat right. everything on it. And no. that isn't always the way to do it. You don't have to throw that food away. You can throw it in a container and reheat it later. But 80% full means that you're not going to get so full that you're now tired and you need a nap. Yeah. I do this every day now, and it's a game changer. Number five, Shinrin-yoku. Shinrin in Japanese means forest, and yoku means bath. It basically means mm. that you should spend more time in nature which I love. I felt that, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. It's like, it, you need to quiet the mind. You need to get out there and just see what this mother earth has. And I think a lot of us live in cities or, or very urban places where there's not a lot of that going on. Pickle knows this. He goes out and snowboards. That's his solace. He enjoys the speed and the fun of it, but it's really him getting out in nature. Exactly. It's, it's him enjoying it. Literally that time. me. Yep. A lot of times I could go to the hill and I literally go up the chairlift. I'll make my way through the woods. I'll find myself a spot where it's nice and quiet and there's nobody else. And I stay there for twenty minutes, half hour, I smoke one, put my tunes back on, and then I shred that line. And then I'll do that a couple times, actually, that I'm content. I am recharged. I am calm. I'm good. And after three runs, I could leave. I don't have to spend the day there. You know what I'm saying? It's literally my my refuel station, if you want to say. <clears throat> like, I need it. I had a I had a, an experience when I came back from Maker Camp that um, in the morning, I would wake up and I would uh, jog uh, through the streets of... East Durham, which there isn't, but it's mostly country roads. And I would run a couple, two, three miles. And, um, man, there's some just gorgeous little secluded roads where you're running literally through a path of just trees that are, you can't even see the sky above you barely. You know, it's like that, that kind of thick. And it's down in Florida, we just don't do it here. You know, yeah. we have all this nature, but, you know, it's a million degrees exactly, outside, yeah. so nobody goes out in it. <laughs> But uh, spend more time out in nature. Um, number six, Wabi Sabi. This is one of my favorites, Wabi Sabi. You, you pronounce that perfect Japanese. Like, uh, that's, I know. That's impressive. I know. <laughs> Wabi Sabi. You should see me with chopsticks. I'm great. <laughs> so this means instead of perfection, one should find beauty in imperfection. Imperfection. Mm. So that's a big one, and I think – you know, when I do the work with the C and C's and everything comes out perfect, that's very satisfying. But there's something missing. You know, I need more. I need that imperfection. I like those imperfections. I want to find them. Go dig them up. Then uh, the last one, Ganbaru. This means that one should be patient and do the best possible. So, be patient with yourself. Do the best possible work you can. And remember, your best possible at 9 a.m. is different than your best possible at 5 p.m. You're completely different people throughout the span of the day because your energy levels are different. So give yourself 
a wide berth. And remember, be patient. Do the best job you can possible. So that's it. Number seven. That's it. And that, I, I love it. That all like really hit home. And, you know, there's a lot of little things that you do throughout the day that, you know, really can, if you align the, the start of your day with the the thought of those seven things, then you can start off a day in a great way. And all of a sudden you're going to be way oh, more course. productive. Yes. I love it. It's great. Yep. It's, it's like, it's like your, it's like a prescription to combat laziness. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't have to do each one of these all in concert with one another. You can do one at a time, just focus on one at a time. I love all of those and, you know, go check them out, save them, print them out. I had a couple people tell me that they have the, these rules um, written down or some printed or something like that in their bathroom, in their house. So they see it every day. And if you're curious where this came from, because someone asked and then, um, oh, somebody responded. And then, and there is, <clears throat> of course, I'm on my computer. Where is this from? Here it is. Um, overall, MakerWorks responded with uh, that this is a uh, book. Fuck you, Instagram and your <laughs> bullshit. Hiding comments. I hate that. Yeah. Um, it comes from a book called Productivity, Seven Japanese Techniques to Overcome Laziness by Bill Gaviston. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Productivity, Seven Japanese Techniques to Overcome Laziness by Bill Galveston. So okay. go check it out. I'm going to download the book uh, and listen to it um, because these little seven tips could change your life. The seven tips that'll change your life. Number six will change you. <laughs> this is what all housewives do. The secret hack coming at you. Um, also, this uh, week I had a reel go to 1.1 million views on Instagram. And that has been the first thank you. Thank you. Taking a bow. I'm bowing right now. Um, that's my first million. Thank you. That's it. There it is. There it is. Um, it's my first like over a million reel, I think in like six or eight months. So yeah. yeah. And, uh, we've now reached 81,500 followers Jesus. on Instagram. So I am uh, that live that I did that you jumped on last week. Yeah. That, that popped, popped off. off. Like 11.1 popped off big thousand views popped off for my following. Yeah. Shit. And it's got like. 369 likes so i guess the people actually did enjoy listening to however long that was that was actually pretty long of a, a live it was Over a long hour, live yeah, and coy you nate was there nate was on yeah yeah i'm always interested when i see those lives go that yeah. crazy yeah because you know, like you started the live, I saw that you were going live and I, and I just requested to join cause you were by all yourself by and I had Nobody a few minutes. Looking. You were all by, <laughs> I was thinking of you <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, pickles all by himself. I'll join up and I'll get on his live and we'll bullshit and talk. Cause we were releasing a YouTube video that day. And I was thinking like, I need to do some cross promotion and remember when I tell you this, and I said this on the live, is that when you release anything, whether it be a piece of content, whether it's a product, whether it's a knife, whatever, something you've made, 50% of your job is to make it, and the other 50% is to sell it. Meaning I released a YouTube video that ultimately led to sales of certain things that I sell, but I had to literally sell the YouTube video too. So I have to go around and I have to promote that on different social platforms. It's important to let, listen to what I'm saying. All of this, all these little details matter. And if you go out and you start doing lives and bounce on, like I get on a live with pickle and I get people following me that don't yeah, know I here. exist. People start following me too. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. great. It's great. You just never know. And you like, I've had a couple of interactions with some people that are in our direct space but have no idea who I am and have never even seen the HM logo ever, not one time. Mm. And you're like, damn. And this, like some of these people have 50,000 followers. You know, it's like, it's just, you just never know. Go out, put well, yourself just, out there. 
I just show the world what you got. I just got Jeff Fader to follow me on my Instagram. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty big, big yeah, like, actually. That is. It's probably all thanks to this podcast. So I appreciate that, guys. Like, I appreciate Jeff, too. And he, he listens yeah, to I'm the sure work for podcast. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll yeah. give this pickle guy a chance because, you know, he did do quite a few few shout outs on the podcast when he's you know asking us to ask questions and all that and dilemmas and whatever and i was doing those for a while but then he thought that i was like my my name was like a turd cutter thing or something like pickle cutters or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh that's nice no he, he did said say that to, to me. you he said it on like when i brought like he, oh. when he brought up the the question or the dilemma i had i don't know if it was him or whoever else was on on air with him but uh there's like pickle cutters isn't that like a, a turd cutter or something or whatever like not in those exact words but <laughs> that's where they were going with it so it was kind of funny get and the hell out of here this that was a while really back too. this is like a year yeah. ago but uh yeah followings that's uh people left and right like you said like that you don't really know and you get brought up or you jump in somewhere the next thing you notice you got a bunch of new followers new connections new information knowledge everything you know that's that's what this place is about to me that's what i like about it yeah 100 percent. i i learn something new every day i i what i what blew me away about doing the hot stamp project was how many what's funny is okay so one guy who was messaging me and sending me his settings for his hot stamp when I scrolled back into looking at our conversation over the years, because we've been following each other for over the years, he asked me two years ago what laser engraver I used. So I sent him a link. He bought it. And now fast forward two years, he's training me on how to make hot stamps. With it. <laughs> it's it's, it's ironic, fucking you know, inception it's time here. It's, it's, like I said, it's a... Right, it's a good place to be. It's a valuable place, and it's it's just great. Like, there's so much to be learned. Like you said, every day there's something new to learn. I go to bed not as stupid every night. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, not I, as I'm, stupid. I'm stupid. Yeah. I just every day I get a little bit less stupid. <laughs> <It's> funny, <sighs> just a yeah, little bit less stupider for stupider. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of those lasers, I've been watching the ones that um. The Art of Craftsmanship and Dennis Tyrell both did videos on same that one laser I pecker. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, you have it too, Pickle. I have, yep. <clears throat> Tell it's me about them because I'm I'm really thinking about you know Listen, investing in one. It's real real quick. Um, before I say before we jump into this conversation, there is a massive difference between diode lasers, which are the cheap head moving lasers that you see everywhere that you can pick up. And these laser peckers. These laser peckers are small 10-watt fiber lasers. That's the key. You want that fiber laser because the head doesn't move. The machine does the moving inside the lens and fires down the the, the etchant, the, the, the laser etchant. That's important. And I try and I edu- tried to educate people on this because I spent so much time on it. Pickle went that direction because I, he was like, yeah, but this one's a little bit more money. And I'm like, man, trust me when I tell you it's worth every possible dime that you're going to spend on this thing to buy the fiber laser versus a diode laser. All right. That's all I have to say about it's, that. Go ahead. It's, a, it's amazing. It's, you know. Like it gives you the opportunity to put whatever you want on a blade at whatever size you want and any placement at any process of the blade too. You know what I'm saying? Like heat treat, full flat grind. Try putting a hot stamp on that, right? It's not happening. This makes it happen. Uh, It's not a hot stamp, but you got your maker's mark there. Excuse me. You, if you're getting the laser picker three, the LP three, it's good for steel. You know, it does the thing for us, you know, make your maker's mark, show up on a blade, no problem. If you're wanting to do more with it, it'll do more, but it doesn't do wood. You know, I've it, it yeah. does fake leather, synthetic leather, it says, but I put real, real leather under it, and I actually got it to work on the leather, too. So, you know, as a sheath maker, somebody's making sheaths, you could, you know put custom engravings on leather uh even on kydex i tried it i did a few test runs on some kydex it looks good you know there's settings to be messed with to get it right but it's doable um if you're looking to do bigger and different projects with your fiber laser your laser picker the lp4 which just came out from what i see 
actually is a dual laser, I think. It does the whole wood carving and cutting and all that stuff, and it does metal too. So I think there's, yeah, I'm not sure what their setup is in there, but it's pretty sick. And the bed, it has like a conveyor bed to it, which goes left and right. It's the table. So you could like actually get, like say if you wanted to do a laser mascus pattern on a blade, you could. You know, I'm just saying you I'm just yeah. saying you could. I mean, we we wouldn't do laser mascus, but like if you wanted to yeah. put a scene from Yeah, you know, exactly. If you wanted to put a, that picture of the deer you took, you could actually, you know. You could do anything. <laughs> so, right. you know, the the, the it, it's limitless in my opinion for for custom knives if you want to say like I got that one guy just ordered a knife today for his father for Christmas. I made him a knife a while back. Um ordered the same knife for his old man but he wants a custom engraving on both sides like he had on his but i had electro etched his and that was a fucking pain in the ass and it was like detailed it was like it was wings and this guy's a paratrooper and he's a bike builder and he wanted his bike shop a1 customs you know plastered on this blade so on both sides and it was decent size too so you know the electro etching the placement and all that was kind of skittish so now with this here too when I come to doing his old man's blade, when I put that that custom engraving on it on both sides, I could literally have that lined up easily, no problem now, because you could set it up to sure. where your table has got the alignment tools and all that little squares, so you could make it legit right, no problem on both sides. So like, it's an advantage to a few aspects, if you want to say, as a maker. The thing that really makes me want to pull the trigger on it is they're doing a sale where they're going to be damn near a thousand bucks. Like that's, oh, that's really? down from like, what, what are they Something normally like, like 1400? So for a thousand bucks, that's a huge thing, you know, that's going to make its money back pretty quick. Well, what's nice is you don't have like, that's literally the second to last thing I do now when I'm making, put making blades, like my maker's mark. Like I used to, you know, do that before all like the etching and all that stuff like damascus blades whatever before handles and all that because you know electro etching with a handle on is you know just sloppy in my opinion because that blade's not sitting flat so to make things Mm. easier i would just do that before anything else after grinds on heat tree after heat treated blades had been ground i would electro etch my maker's mark well now i don't even have to you know reconfigure my bench in the shop because I could just keep on moving forward. And when the blade is 100% complete, I just need a maker's mark on it. I come in here, I throw it under the laser, hit engrave, and then we go. You know, it's done. Def- it's a great tool. I mean, it from, you know, we purchased one. I've heard about it first on Knife Talk when Craig was talking about his. And I purchased one, I don't know, four years ago or something. And... um it's we use it every day. In fact, I need to buy a second one because we need a backup. That's how yeah, much yours we is use solid. It. Like it gets a lot of and use. So that thing has never given you any issues, have it? Has it? And I no, and I've had I imported it from. Okay, hold on, overseas. everyone, everybody, you like at the same time. Knock on wood. Don't let that thing fail. <laughs> <on them. laughs> Yes, you definitely don't want to uh, fail. <laughs> it would be bad. So I don't think and, you're getting support. And you know what? I'm going to bring up one more thing here that you could do with this. Is uh, say if you have people in the community that are dear and near to you that help you out, that are there for podcasts as well too, for support and all that jazz. Uh, speaking of our great sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply. He sells rules, right, on top of all the knife-making supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 200 rules sitting in front of me right now that I've been engraving for the past week. So not only that, you're using this. Yeah, oh, you're doing yeah, that doing work that for, for him. him. You know, That's great. Say, like, so he sent me, he had a box of 200, 100 rules and 100 rulers sent out to me, drop shipped to me. And uh, I've been, like I said, I've been engraving his logo on those with my fiber laser, my laser pecker. And that's like a little side gig, if you want to say, other than making knives. So a little triquets sure. and this and that, little keychains. You could do all kinds of shit with it, like the little dog tag keychains, like the military dog tags. I almost bought a bunch of those to make like some PK mm. keychains. Yeah. Those would be cool. So. 
let tell me more about Maritime Mystify. Lawrence Lake, the man, the legend, the myth, and all that jazz is uh is just amazing, simply amazing. The guy is all over the place. He was at Maker's Camp, he's at Blade Show, he's going to that show in Texas. For what reasons you'd say? Well, first of all, he is a maker. Second of all, he's out there networking, connecting, making new new connections, like I said, connecting and bringing new products into the shop, new suppliers, all that stuff. So not only that, you could get your knife steel at Maritime Knife Supply and your, your belts and all that stuff. You could get a wide variety of things from even tools. You could get grinders. You could get uh, your belts, your handle material, your pin stock, your uh, even Baker Forge and tool steel. He's got Dama steel. Uh, I'll just name it. He's got it. Like I said, wide variety of handle materials. That's pretty much my one-stop shop for me. You know, if there's something he doesn't have, I hit him up and give him a month or so and they'll be in stock. So he's just simply yeah. an amazing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, He's a vet. Yes, he's a valuable resource, resource in the community for us. And, you know, for us to support him, support us is just, you know, it's it's a scratch my back, scratch your back thing, you know? So, uh, yeah, Merrick. Yeah. And what I've, what I've really noticed is that, you know, you go around, of course, everybody shops around and, you know, hey, belts are this this grit belts 10% cheaper yeah. this place and you get all of a sudden you're ordering from all of these different places. What I've noticed when I compare, if I go to Maritime Knife Supply and get everything, my price is going to be lower there mm-hmm. because of and the exchange rate difference. And it's actually pretty good right now too. And so. It is. It's really good. I mean, if I mean, not that you have to follow the exchange rate, but most times we're making a win, you know, shipping it from Canada to America and the shipping price isn't crazy and it's all really good. So go check out maritime supply.ca. And if you want to upgrade to this crazy things that Baker Fortune Tool is coming out with, I mean, talk about just the most amazing stuff. Amazing guys that are, you know, moving into a new place and really upgrading all the time um, so that they can produce these wonderful billets on a breakneck, you know, pace. They are doing great over at BakerForge.com. You should check them out and use the promo code WFI10 for 10% off. And, uh, yeah, go support them because Koi Baker and the boys are just kicking ass right now. Also, Pelican Paste is supporting the show now. So you can grab yourself some Pelican Paste wax. It's not like all the other wax in those tins that you buy that it's like goopy and it like this is a hard shell wax that you can buff to a shine. Put it on, it lasts. It smells good. <laughs> smells like uh citrusy from Florida, you know, kind of thing. Because he is in Florida. Can Travis you rub it is on another balls? Florida guy. Make those and, smell good. Um, <laughs> I believe you can. Sorry. I believe you could. It puts a nice I mean, listen, it puts a nice hard shell yeah, wax nice on it. You know what I'm saying? There. I mean, can... Yeah, hey, yeah why not? Hey, it... I apologize, no. Travis Haynes, for pickle. I'm working but... on my wrinkles. <laughs> trying to get those. That's, to what, that's what happens when you get me and House in the same room. <laughs> but technically not in the same room, but yeah. What, what Brian is going through, like Brian Cohn is going through right now, the emotional feeling he probably feels is, I'm sure, the same as Sarah would feel when we're around together. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Yes. Lots of eye rolling. Lots you of all that. You guys are fucking yeah, disgusting. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. If you use WFI10 at checkout at pelicanpaste.com, you will get 10% off your order. And remember, a pe- little tin of pelican paste goes a long way. And if you send one of those, with the custom knife that you've made for your customer. You can even discuss this with Travis and he'll put your logo on the tin. Imagine that. Yeah. Think about that for a second. He'll make the wax. He'll put it in the tin and laser at your logo on top of it. You can drop that in your box. It's that one little added feature that when you sell something to somebody, I call this breaking the ice. So if I sell something to somebody and I've never sold them to them before, That's breaking the ice. That's step one. Now, think about this. It's easier to keep an existing customer than it is to get a new one. Let me repeat that. It's easier to get 
keep a existing customer than to get a new one. Mm. You will spend more time and energy trying to get a new customer than you ever will to try to sell something to someone who's already bought from you one time as long as, this is the caveat, they had a good experience with you. Those little tins of Pelican paste make the case. You know why? Because that gets put in a drawer. Business card, trash, right? No one looks at them anymore. Throw it away. Boom, gone. But a little tin of wax with your logo on it and your website on it, they'll keep that. And they'll say, oh, check this out. I got this, you know, knife from Pickle Cutters. He made this. He this he told me it took him three joints to make this. I don't know what that means. But it came with this great tin of wax. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Dude, I, I got asked I got asked this week, you know, so how anyways. long I did uh, the tumbling for on a blade. Like how long do you tumble your blade for? And I literally answered <laughs> one joint. <laughs> it's a, it's like an automatic response. Yeah, it's about fifteen about minutes. 15 minutes. Rolling it and smoking it, about fifteen minute tumble. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It's just, like I, I said, it. it's, I I'm it. in my shop all by myself all day long, and that's all I do. So, yes, everything is measured in joints. Yeah. It works for me. It works for, it works for a lot imagine, of people, yes. I would imagine. That makes Definitely. stuff. Wee yeah, wee. Oui, oui. Yeah. All right. We're, we're coming down to the, <clears throat> the, the end of the show here. And uh, I'm, let's see. I've got a whole bunch in the database. I got to pick one out here. Bah, 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 bah. Jeff Carey is always good um, at sending dad jokes. Today I found a snake on the windshield of my car. I think it was a windshield viper. <laughs> Knock, knock. Who's there? Broken knife. Broken knife who? Oh, <laughs> never mind. It's pointless. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Carey coming in, coming into my DMs and Instagram, sending me those great dad jokes. And remember, if you're a patron of this show, for $10.80 a year, get the after show, and you get a chance to send us a message. And you get, uh, we're going to, Pull up that message, those messages right now. I need more questions. We've got a couple in the bank, but these are the questions are getting better. But here's the thing: some people are sending me these questions, like in my Facebook DMs and my Instagram DMs, and they get lost. I yeah. get no joke. Like every week, I get hundreds of messages every week, so they get they get lost. And um, I uh, I just <clears throat> I just don't want them to get lost. So I know that you're um, you're you, you spend a lot of time coming up with these questions. So send them to us in the patron back end in the messaging system there, and just go there and send them. So this one comes from Manny yes. G. You guys know who Manny G is? Oh yeah, Parable Knives. And this is a great question. He has a question about product packaging. He's seen a minimalist approach. That gets a product to a customer with the least packaging fuss as much as possible. Mm. Excuse me. I also seen the approach where you want your customer to receive Christmas in the mail no matter what day of the year it is. In Mm. one sense, you want your packaging to match the product, but I think there's a deeper conversation about presentation and how it could really go either way because, after all, someone is paying for this, right? Can you share some of your insights into product packaging and what approach would be appropriate for that product? Here's what I do currently. I wrap the knife in thick black craft paper that's taped close with a made in the USA sticker. I add a laser etched aluminum authenticity card. That's that's cool. Along with some stickers and a couple of other goodies. I also recently formulated the best hard wax oil on the planet. And I'm giving it away free in a tin with each purchase. See, Manny G's also come come across the wax thing. which All I think right, is Pelican really Paste. What's your response on that one? Come on now. Uh, he says, I don't like my burgers without pickles. And now any other podcast without pickle just doesn't cut it. 
<laughs> Mr. Tobin has been an excellent addition to the show, by the way. Thank you so much, Manny G, Parable Knives. So we're going to answer that in the after show about packaging because I'm not a packaging guy. Like, I could give two shits about it. I want the thing inside. But there's a lot of people that care about packaging. They want the experience of opening it. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you guys I mean, have to, to say, say about I have that to as say well. About packaging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot to talk about. So thank you so much if you're a patron of the show. If you like, listen, share in your story, share on Instagram, share on Facebook, follow us through patron, give us that $10.80 a year. All of that matters. It matters, it matters, it matters because it keeps the show commercial free, pushes us to the next level. I even bought myself a new microphone this uh, last week because my microphones are falling apart. So we appreciate you. That's what we use the money for. Thank you so much. Hope to see you guys in the after show and on the next episode on to the after show, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have a pickle. I have a cutters. Uh, Pickle cutters. I have a knife. I have a maker. Uh, Knife maker. Pickle cutters. Knife maker. Uh, Pickle Cutters Knife Maker.